Are you good enough to be a freelancer? Coming up. Hello and welcome back to the Freelanceverse. Thanks so much for coming back to the channel once again for this week. This week's topic is going to be very important for people that are just starting out right now or that are thinking about starting out in the future uh, because you're probably not very well aware of your abilities yet and of your limits. And that's why I'd like to talk about today about imposter syndrome. The term imposter syndrome, or IS for short, was first coined in the 1970s by psychologists Susanna Imes and Pauline Rose Klantz. Back then it applied mostly to high-achieving women. Now in the meantime, up until today, this, this uh, focus shifted quite a bit and the syndrome has been more widely uh, recognized. And so nowadays the term basically refers to an internal struggle of thinking that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. So simply put, just uh, the fear of being a phony and that, yeah, not being good enough, right? And uh, that's very common amongst translators, but freelancers in general. I'm going to focus this video mostly on translators because I know most of my audience is translators, but it can really be applied to any kind of freelance work. Especially in translation though, in the localization industry, this has a very prominent uh, place because a translator is not a protected profession, right? Everyone can call themselves a translator theoretically. So of course, and also the fact that feedback, the feedback loop is very uncommon as a translator, unfortunately. You will get feedback when you uh, receive bad feedback, negative uh, comments, but positive comments you rarely get. I made a video about that, uh, about criticism, dealing with criticism, you can click here if you would like to watch it later. So exactly for that reason, I want to talk about like when you call yourself this translator without having actually a protected profession, how can, you, how can you prove to yourself and to others that you're good enough? But before I give you a few tips how to, how to improve yourself in that area, let's look into the research a bit more because it's really interesting. So there are studies that you can check in the description, I'm going to link them there, uh, that state that this feeling or this, uh, the, the groundwork of this feeling starts from a very early age on, basically when you're a kid. So because already from this very early age, you perceive others, you perceive olders as something that you can never be. So imagine you are a kid, you're sitting at home playing on the floor and the adults are sitting at the table discussing an important topic, right? You look at them and you think, like, this is crazy what these people do, this can never be mean, you know, it's so far from your reality. You are, this is also called reverse othering, if you're familiar with the term othering. Uh, othering is basically means um, when you put other people down be because they do something different than you. Especially in the political discourse, this is a very common tool to marginalize a group, right? And reverse othering basically means the same, but you don't put them down, but you like lift them up very much. So, and then you basically go through life. There will always be someone that's way higher than you, way more like way more established than you, and you just feel like. I can never reach this person and once you reach them there will be someone else. And then this is combined with another psychology theory uh, that basically states that you see yourself always from the inside but you see others always from the outside. And of course the outside is much like more polished than the inside, right? You don't know the people's worries, the people's uh, fears, you just see how they communicate uh, confidently on the outside, right? This kind of gives a perceived reality that's not really the truth. And once you realize that everyone is in the same boat, everyone has sees themselves from the inside and has the internal struggles, uh, only then you can realize that we're all in the same boat. It's just some people navigate the, the waters differently. And you have to realize there's no one in the world who knows everything, right? 
right? There's no freelancer that's perfect. There's no translator who knows all the languages. Once you get over this psychological part of this phenomenon, you can actually focus on tips that I will give you soon to improve. But first you need to deal with the, with the groundwork. Now, as you can imagine, for freelancers, this is especially prominent because we don't have colleagues that you can compare yourself to, right? We don't have colleagues that give you that give you valuable uh, yeah, feedback, information and stuff. You don't have a boss that tells you if you're doing things right, right? You don't get raises by your boss that validates your work, right? And so all these factors often leads to either one of two things. It either leads to over-preparing, uh, so you're just doing way too much education, way too much work before you're finally starting what you're actually making money with. Or it leads to procrastination endlessly, right? You never actually start because you're scared of starting and you end up losing a potentially very valuable time in your life where you could work for yourself and actually follow your dreams, right? And then on top of that, you get the experience paradox, which is like people expect you to have experience, but you can't get experience if you don't do the first job because you're scared of it, etc. So it's a, yeah, it's a vicious circle, as they say. From my own perspective, I can say that I also had this, right? When I finally got my first job, I was so excited. I was super happy. And then a few moments later, I, uh, this, this overwhelming threat like overcame me and was like, oh my God, I actually have a real life job. This, uh, my first ever job was a, web, uh, was a website for a shoe company. I'm planning a video actually about my first ever job, how this all came about. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, as soon as it happened, I was so scared, right? I, I started to doubt myself. I started to realize I have no clue about shoes, especially women's shoes. I had no idea, right? Yeah, and then some people even declined the, the job because they, they get too scared. Uh, there my advice would just be just yeah, jump in the water, just do it. The worst case is you get a bad feedback and then it's experience that you learn from and you move on. And rather than actually declining this job, I'd like to give you a few pointers, a few tips that you can think to yourself when this happens. Or also now, if you're just thinking in general, am I good enough to do this? Uh, am I good enough to go into this specialization? Whenever a new job comes and you're not exactly sure if you're qualifi qualified for it, ask yourself these few things. Number one, as I said before, acknowledge it. Everyone has it, right? It's not a special thing. It's not that you are uh, insecure about anything. It's, it's just a normal feeling that everyone has. Think about what I said before. You see yourself from the inside, you, others see you from the outside. So someone approached you because they, your outside signaled that you are suitable for this job. Now you have to ask your insight if it's actually true, right? Then number two, if you decide to go for it, then take your time. Really, the first gigs, you don't need to do what you will usually do in the future. Like in the future, I would say you do a translation, you read it one more, once more through, and then if you, if you deliver it to an agency, you send it because there it goes into another proofreading workflow, right? You don't need to spend too much time on proofreading yourself because you're not paid for it. But if it's your first job, really take your time. Like even if you make a loss, it doesn't matter. Read it through 10 times, read it through the next day again out loud. Do as much as you can to feel secure because it's really important that the first thing you deliver is on point and not only for the client, but especially for you for long term. Number three, to actually assess whether you are good enough, uh, ask for help, right? It's the easiest way. Of course, we can sit here and work all up by ourselves. So as I said in, once in a video about my biggest mistakes, you can click here if you're interested. Never try to do it alone. So ask help, ask for me mentorships. Like the best thing that I could imagine, I didn't do it, but what I would do right now if I started is Get a mentor, you know, just write someone that you really look up to that is established, a seasoned professional in your language pair and write them and say, 
you're trying to get into the industry and you would like to have a mentor to guide me. And then there are different, uh, you know, monetarily, financially, there are different options to do that. You know, some people just do it for free and the mentor gives them work that they just don't have time to do. And then they deliver in their own name or um, maybe they pay you half of the job that you do for them or they just give you fake jobs and you do them and they proofread them to check you if you're good enough and stuff. So there are lots of options you can actually collaborate with them. Just make sure to decide upfront how you will do it and then it's a great way to have a mentor. I can tell you that people are actually excited to be a mentor for someone so don't feel bad to ask. Asking feedback is another great tool to establish whether you're good so if in the first weeks or some people do it at every job when they deliver, they ask for feedback from the client or from the agency, right? It's a good thing to do because uh, I know that most agencies have a feedback loop within the workflow, but they just don't communicate it to the, to the translator. So they establish if it was good, if it's good enough for their workflow, but in their own system. So if you just ask them if it was good for them, uh, that's a great way to know if you're good. Another tip is practice, right? Practice, practice makes perfect. I tell everyone always in my videos, you can translate them if you want to. You can write your favorite YouTuber and tell him you would like to translate their videos and, and see what they say, because it's actually a real life uh, application. You can use this as experience in your CV, etc. Or else you can just do, you know, newspaper articles, videos you see on, on TV, the, the news, etc. Just practice, practice, practice. Same goes with reading, read as much as you can. As tempting as it might be and as good as it is to read in your source language, I like to read in English and, and in French as well, but you need to keep up with uh, your source language, right? It needs to be on point. This is what it's all about. Language is always evolving, so you also need to read different articles, like read stuff from very highly prestigious newspapers, but also read stuff on social media from the youth, so you actually stay in touch with the lingo that's used in this, in this circle as well. And uh, yeah, just don't be afraid to be wrong. You know, everyone is wrong once in a while. You will just feel it if you are made for this job or not. Like I'm saying, don't be afraid to be wrong, but also don't give yourself the permission to be average. It's, you can't afford to be average. You need to be one of the best and you need to be convinced that you're one of the best because how you are, as I said before, it's all about what you feel, right? If you feel you are good, you will portray it to the outside and it will attract people. By the way, the source language is half as important as people think, right? You, if you're translating from a language that you don't speak that well, that's perfectly fine. It's all about the understanding and, and the translation theory behind how you transfer one language into the other. So don't think like only if you're translating from Korean and your spoken Korean is not that good. Don't let yourself be put down by this. It doesn't matter. It's not what it's about. There you go. This was a lot of information, I know, but uh, I'm sure you can deal with it, especially you are here on this channel. So you are working on your professional development, which is a very good step. So just keep practicing, keep trying, keep asking for feedback, keep reaching out to people that can help you. And after 50, 100, 1000 jobs, you will, you know, you will find your strength, you will know what you're worth, you will know what you can do, what you can't do. It's also important to say no, right? Yeah, keep the critical mindset. If there is a job coming in, about uh, an eye surgery and you have never done anything medical, then don't accept it. It doesn't make sense. There's a thin line between declining a job because you're not qualified and declining a job because you're scared to take it, right? There's a very thin line and you need to find this 
a very small margin where you can actually make informed decisions. Thanks so much for watching. Uh, as I said, if you want to practice by translating this video, get in touch with me. The email is in the description. And while you're down there, make sure to like the video and subscribe. It does mean a lot. We are going still strong and I see you next week with another video that's going to be a bit different, more on the comedic side. Let's see how that's going. I see you then. Bye bye.